ओके सो हेलो एवरीवन माय नेम इज अभिषेक ए के डाथ मोलगा एंड वी आर हियर फॉर एपिसोड फाइव ऑफ लेट्स गेट अनकंफर्टेबल इट्स अ पॉडकास्ट वे वी डिस्कस थिंग्स दैट दैट वी आर अन अवेयर अबाउट दैट वी फील अनकंफर्टेबल डिस्कसिंग एंड वी टेंड टू टर्न द ब्लाइंड आई टूवर्ड्स इट एंड वन सच टॉपिक इज मेंटल हेल्थ इन इंडिया एंड टॉकिंग अबाउट मेंटल हेल्थ आई हैव अ गेस्ट विद मी हर नेम इज शिप्रा पत्रिकर एंड शी इज अ क्लिनिकल साइकोलॉजिस्ट and i would like to introduce her to you all so she has done her masters degree in clinical psychology from sndt sorry from manibai nanavati college and she's also done her masters in philosophy in psychoanalytic studies degree from trinity college in dublin ireland and she also has a post graduate diploma in human resource management from wellinger institute bombay and she also has a couple of other uh, accreditations to herself as she's also uh, has experience in family trauma professional therapy she also has a hypnotherapy client work experience and many other things so here we are with ms shipra so how are you shipra i am good how are you i'm okay so shipra i wanted to ask you one question that you know mental health especially in india there are stats that you know that prove that india has a lot of mental health issue within its population mm-hmm. and with pandemic and with this lockdown and pandemic now in full force mm-hmm. have you what how, why do you think like the pandemic has triggered a lot of mental health issues like you know we see people talking about it mm-hmm. uh, on social media on twitter expressing themselves express, expressing their angst mm-hmm. their uh what do you say sadness their feeling of claustrophobicness so mm-hmm. what do you have to say about this okay so when we talk about this issues okay so now because of the pandemic what is happening is we are under quarantine we are under lockdown right so from the start it's like people have to sit at home 24/7 it's like you are being forced to sit somewhere where you don't like it you like to go to your office work in your space uh people who are married also they feel that you know that's the time where they can relax it's the office time that they relax and that's that's how it happens okay so now what is happening is when people are at home everything is coming up to their mind the family issues there are certain relationship issues even mom and dad they are like like kitna time pura time laptop pe kya pada rehta hai kya pura time phone pe rehta hai so you have that thing that is going on so it keeps on bugging you a lot and the work stress has increased i have many clients who will come to me that stating that they are working like beyond their working hours they would start from 9 and they would work till 1 o'clock in the night or something it's it's the work stress has increased there are pay cuts there are so many other issues that are there right now so that's what people are you know dealing with and we are having a lot of issues because of that so that is why nowadays people are actually coming out and venting out their angers on social media on the Twitter side or Instagram or whatever it's like some kind they know that you know something is not right with them or something is not right with their life okay and i want to present some stats to everyone i found these on economic times and the diplomat and uh, like i just want to tell uh, i just want to state these because i want everyone to know like how serious is this mental health issue crisis so like a report by the world health organization it it's from 2019 october that 7.5% of indians which is 90 million of the indian population suffers from some form of mental disorder 
Indians account for nearly 15% of global mental, neurological and substance abuse disorder burden. The treatment gap which is defined as the patient to uh, patient to the doctor percentage is over 70% and even India's National Institute of Mental Health and Neurosciences it is an autonomous institution under the Ministry of Health and Welfare, Family Welfare. They revealed that 150 million Indians need active intervention, while fewer than 30 million were getting it. So, stating my previous fact, it's over 70% people that are not receiving intervention. And a most starting fact, fact is, we have less than 4,000 mental health professionals. And the workforce in India per 100,000 population it includes 0.3 psychiatrists per 100,000, 0 0.12 nurses, 0.07 psychologists and 0.07 social workers. I mean, it's not a complete one also for per 100,000 population in our country. And also the concerns about COVID-19. I recently read that India and United States when Trump visited us first in Gujarat, they reached an agreement to help each other in the area of mental health. Mm -hmm. That, it sounds good, but the real intent of this was like Indian governments, uh, Indian government looks to spend only 33 paisa or less than one US cent on mental health sufferers in our whole year in India. And when they, uh, like the deal between India and United States was that United States wanted to open its market for traditional Indian therapies like yoga, Ayurveda medicines for mental illnesses and also give access to US research on mental health according to the agreement signed by Donald Trump, US President Donald Trump. And even alternative medicine and therapies from India might prove to be effective in India but what about Indian sufferers? Like, does India really need to put more research input when it has not acted on it as it already knows? So, like, and so what do you think about this? Like, you know, like, you know, Indian government spending only uh, less than, it's 33 paisa, which is less than one US cent in a whole year for one mental health sufferer. So what do you, like, have you seen this? Have you observed this or have you felt this in some way through your experience or somehow? See that there are the mental health, the mental institute like the mental hospitals and all. They are also very less in India. Okay, the patients they are taken in are a lot. There are less amount of beds. So the treatment that is being given is not proper. So obviously it's like the government should spend more on mental health. And when it comes, when you are talking about mental health issue between like India and US, okay, so. To some, to some extent that I know is like in US, okay, so as we have a family physician, they have a family psychologist, they have a family therapist or a psychiatrist to them. So in India, we lack that. We do have some kind of stigma, stigma because of which, you know, people are not coming to a psychologist. They really need to start with that. And even there should be more colleges for, uh, you know, psychology the psychiatrist more investment yeah. in the mental health professionals yes, field yes it should be like we invest a lot for engineers we invest a lot for medical field as well but as a psychologist okay we have very limited seats like when I was only doing my clinical psychology we had only 25 to 30 seats for our our batch so it's, it's very less okay 
so like we'll come back to discussing about the mental health issue and stats about india soon and uh, right now i want to discuss the q and a that for which i was collecting questions from every one of you from everywhere in social media and in my social circle and we found, and i found a couple of questions and that i want to uh, talk, ask on your behalf to shipra and she'll uh, do her best in providing you the answer to it and you know analyzing your question so now i want to ask you the first question shipra mm-hmm. it is from a 21 year old female okay. and her question is at this stage we are losing a lot of people and that is indirectly affecting our mental health and lowering our self esteem what do you think we can do to overcome this so i think she's talking about the pandemic because there is the death rate yes. is a lot more now so yeah yes it's true that we are losing a lot lot of people so there might be someone who are close to you or someone from your relative distant relative who might have died because of the pandemic so yeah it affects us very badly so i can understand that what she might be going through if she has actually experienced it but the thing is like as as we say that yeah she has to like boost up her self esteem because see it's okay for us to stay in that grief period for a certain amount of time but we have a life to go on okay what is gone is gone we can't change it it's not in our hand to change it so if we keep on sitting and if we just sit and we just continue thinking about it we are just going to cause a lot of negative thoughts and we are just going to you know go into that self depression thoughts and stuff ki like it to hua mere sath kyun hua and all stuff and then that will you know do like it would uh, so what you said it would drop your self moral down so it's like you need to get out of that and for that i would suggest that for some time it's okay to grieve about it but later on try to go out try to speak to few people try to indulge in some hobbies try to you know and if you are not able to do that approach a therapist obviously she would she or he would help you much in a better way and the first thing that thing you should ask yourself is the one question that you need to ask is if the person that you have lost you know if he or she sees you this way if he or she sees you crying and so devastated will that person be happy he would also want you to go and step out of the house and you know start a new life without him or her so just do that and like when i read this question there is a lot of empathy i can see with this person like you know even if it's not someone that is related to you there are many people who are very empathetic and they feel for you know others like you know they watch the news and everything and when you speak about that you know you need to go out you need to talk to a few people so does that mean like in these type of situations opening up helps us a little yes it does not in only this situation but in any situation wherever you are stuck okay whenever you feel that you are emotionally stuck try, try to speak to someone try to seek uh, some like you know go out talk to your friends so you know you, when you open up if you bottle up your emotions it's going to cause you some problems so it's better you speak up okay and for the next question now this is a 25 year old female and her question is how to stop the urge to constantly impress others and deal with low self confidence okay 
सो आई वुड काउंटर क्वेश्चन हॉर आस्किंग दैट वाई डू यू फील द नीड टू कॉन्स्टेंटली इम्प्रेस अदर्स वाई डू यू हैव दैट अर्ज सो वेन यू से दैट यू हैव सेल्फ लो सेल्फ कॉन्फिडेंस ओके सो शी हैज मैंशन दैट हाउ टू स्टॉप द अर्ज टू कॉन्स्टेंटली इम्प्रेस अदर्स डील विथ लो सेल्फ कॉन्फिडेंस ओके सो समवेयर इनडायरेक्टली इफ शी इज ट्राइंग टू से दैट शी हैव लो सेल्फ कॉन्फिडेंस से दैट सो पीपल हु आर कॉन्स्टेंटली ट्राइंग टू इम्प्रेस अदर्स ओके द फर्स्ट थिंग इज दैट दे हैव लो सेल्फ कॉन्फिडेंस they have no self esteem to themselves they always doubt themselves okay so whenever they have to present something or even if they have to go and talk to somebody they would always be worried ki like shit main aisa kuch bolna do ki usse wo mujhe judge na kar le aisa na kuch ho we have a lot of thoughts even like now today when we are doing this okay so as a human being the first thing would be like ki somewhere even i would be nervous ki i should be able to help or you know try to answer my best to all this question so we all experience this self doubt but people who have a lot of low self confidence they would keep on repeating that thought again and again and again and that would you know put them down and then they would always feel that ki whatever i do i will never be able to impress others but in the fact it would be opposite that people might be really impressed with them so for such kind of people i would like to say that sit down think of the time where you have done something really good think of the time where people have really appreciated your job think of the time where people have given you compliments and even if people have given you any remark or anything think about how to improve that so that you know you can actually deal with your self confidence in that and as i like i observe like she's a 25 year old female so i reckon she is working in an office mm-hmm. and you know in an office like if you want to go to the top if you want to reach for the stars you need to impress the ones be above you or around you mm-hmm. so is is this type of thing coming like do you think like this is coming from that part of her like See, the work background see it's like with the age and with the thing you can say okay this she, she might be working over the office and you know she was trying to impress her boss or something but the person who is continuously trying to impress somebody at the office or something even in their in their life okay even in their personal life they are continuously trying to you know impress others they are trying to validate themselves they want that validation from the others they want someone to praise them and that's a continuous need of a human being so it it happens a lot so that is why you know when we when she says constantly impressed so i think when she saying constantly impressed it, it doesn't relates to her work life it relates to many other thing it can be also impressing your boyfriend it can be impressing your mother father okay. your sister anybody or sometimes it might be just impressing ourselves also we are not happy with ourselves so we keep on impressing ourselves so even that can be thing so Okay uh, so now I would like to talk to you about some of the stats that I have found about mental health in India mm-hmm. so a 2019 study by british charity mental health research in uk mm-hmm. found that 42.5% of employees in india's corporate sector mm-hmm. suffer from depression or an anxiety disorder mm-hmm. almost every second employee so i want to ca- uh, follow up with a question that do you think that in the corporate sector or in the indian office structure there should be a 
service or there should be a facility of an uh, no you can get counseled by a mental health professional or a clinical psychologist mm-hmm. because i go i in one of my friends office like it is a marketing agency mm-hmm. so what they have is on every friday they have this uh, a session where they just do yoga and they tend to do mind uh, stress relieving activities and plus mm-hmm. they have also allowed for allowed employees to take leaves mm-hmm. uh, because of their mental health issues okay. and they have also made a facility of you know uh, helping you approach a clinical psychologist or a counselor so do you think that in the indian corporate structure we there is a need of this facility of a psychologist or a mental health professional yes definitely there is a need but again the thing is you know what as we say that as you mentioned that your friend has such great amount of facility where you know they have been given breaks they have psychologist who with whom they can talk even i have few friends who are working in corporate industries and they also have psychologists but when i ask them that do you approach the psychologist do you share you do you feel like going inside the inside her cabin and talking about your problems to her the first thing they say is like pura office dekh raha hai how can i go so does that mean it's not isolated it's not a isolated session in a room no but it it might be an isolated session but the thing is oh. you know you are getting up from your desk and if somebody sees you going into that office yeah. in, in her office you are being judged oh, yeah <laughs> so basically it's like people rather than you know give you know see you have to give such facilities you should give such facilities but with that it is very important to change people's mindset people should be open to all these things okay i know another question that popped in my mind is that you know as you mentioned earlier that in the pandemic work hours have increased a lot mm-hmm. and which causes stress to a lot of people out there who are working working from home and there is also a tendency from the superiors in the office the bosses in the office to exert this amount of workload on their fellow employees mm-hmm. because they have a lot of targets mm-hmm. in the pandemic yes. so like what do you think that the bosses and all the superiors should do because like one of my friends yesterday it's only one of my friends i don't know about everyone but mm-hmm. she said that she has a lot of targets mm-hmm. and you know she doesn't know what to do because the targets have to be completed mm-hmm. and you know there there is no acknowledgement from her superiors or mm-hmm. bosses about this like you know i she wants to take a leave you okay. know for recuperating mm-hmm. herself mm-hmm. so like what do you have to say to all of these superiors about how to handle their employee employee stress to your best okay so for the start all the superior should understand that even if people are working from home even if that travel traveling uh, hours have been reduced they are at their own comfortable space but understand they have a family they are human beings it's not a computer that you can you know continuously keep on giving a lot of work they need some rest time give them that you while uh, signing a uh, corporate uh, contract you have a thing you have to work this many hours you have to work that many hours 
okay when you have certain deadlines that time you can ask or request your client uh, your employees to work for an extra an hour or two that's fine but every day you can't just say that ki tum ghar pe ho kaam kar lo you can't just do that you have to give them some time you have to give them break and when you are just continuously giving them work 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 it is going to affect them it is going to affect their mental health it's going to affect their ंग So yeah, uh, thank so, you. Yeah, so the superiors need to understand that, and you know, just think as a person that they are, and give them both the space, the time they need to. Do you think like offices and pe- people in working in the corporate sector should, you know, give the facility of you know, you can take a holiday if you are going through a mental health issue. Yeah. at least not a holiday holiday if you don't want to give a holiday but give them a day or two two to you know actually connect with themselves connect with the other world outer world with them connect okay. with their family and even with working for so long as you also mentioned your friend told that there is no appreciation so even if they are appreciation is a second thing <laughs> acknowledgement of the fact that you know they are pushing hours yeah so That's what I'm saying. Even they are, if they are pushing an hour or something, so people should acknowledge that. They should at least say well done or give something. When you get a positive feedback, you are obviously going to be happy. So if you have worked for ten hours or eleven hours and you get a well done pat on your back, you feel good. That really that that helps you to relieve the stress. So that will do it. Okay, so moving on to the Q and A. This next question is from a 21-year-old female. Mm-hmm. She says, "Hello, Shipra. I have always been someone who can't accept mistakes right away. Mm-hmm. Basically, people have to convince me that I'm wrong. It takes a lot of effort from others to do so, and that creates misunderstanding. Mm-hmm. People somewhat feel I'm egoistic, but I don't think that's the case." Once I'm convinced, I'll immediately apologize, and it will be genuine. Mm-hmm. I'll feel the guilt. But if someone just points my mistake out without explaining or giving me a chance to communicate about it, mm-hmm. I won't feel sorry and won't even apologize for it till I'm convinced that I am in the wrong here. Mm-hmm. So, is this attitude or behavior right, or am I entitled? So, for that person, my question would be. Do you feel that your attitude or behavior is right? You have to ask that to yourself. When you say that, when you make some kind of mistake, okay, you don't might not you might be not accepting at that moment. Ki ha, I did something wrong. But when people make you understand, when people you tell you that you know this is where you made mistake. So you are a person who sits down and thinks about it, and you know you if you really feel that yes, it is my mistake, you genuinely feel sorry about that, and you. 
feel guilty also about that. You have you and you say you immediately apologize for the same thing. Okay, so when you are not given a chance to communicate about it, and when you genuinely don't feel that you are not wrong, so why are you even questioning your attitude or behavior? That could be my question to her. Okay. Yeah. And like, uh, sorry, I'll move on to the next question. Mm-hmm. And question. This question is from a 22 year old male. Mm-hmm. His question is from the past 2 years I have been having very depressive thoughts because mm-hmm. of feeling lonely. Mm-hmm. The thing is I am not a very physical person when it comes to expressing myself and I was fine with this fact mm-hmm. as I was laser focused on building a career. Mm-hmm. But since the past 2 years people in my social circle mostly talk about romantic and friendly experiences in such a way that I feel left out because of lacking such experiences. Mm-hmm. People have also been sarcastic and shocked about this fact about my lacking mm-hmm. which feels bad and adds pressure mm-hmm. and social media just makes it worse. Now it's just getting worse as I cry about this a lot frequently. Mm-hmm. I tend to burden myself with work to distract myself from these thoughts mm-hmm. but now it's also affecting my career focus. Mm-hmm. How can I deal with this? Should I try therapy? Yes, you should definitely try and offer a therapy because as you have mentioned earlier that from past 2 years you have been having depressive thoughts so obviously uh, as a psychologist i would like to know more about what depressive thoughts you have okay so so that we can you know work on those thoughts and there are a lot of issues that you are dealing with it right now you have been like you have friends who are making fun of you or you are being sarcastic to you and you are feeling sad by looking at people other people looking at social media account and you are you know taking that things very personally so there are a lot of things that needs to be cleared so your thoughts are you know kind of a bit messed up so i think you should definitely offer therapy it will really help you to understand your own thoughts understand why are you in a certain way why have you been so career focused and why why you are like you know and you are still 22 you have a very long way to go so why you have that need ki i want to do like what other society people are doing why do you want to compare yourself with the society you can be just a unique person as you are So that all things need to be clear. So I think yes, you should definitely go for therapy. Okay, and I also noticed the fact that like not only with this particular person, but many people, you know, try to laser focus on their career so much. that they forget thinking about other things mm-hmm. so like even if it's a depressive thoughts or feeling sad they just share that away and you know burden themselves with work or you know get themselves busy with something mm-hmm. trying to distract themselves but like even i have experienced that you know it bites you back later on True. so like is distracting yourself from your own thoughts and feelings by filing yourself with work or doing something that keeps you busy or even powering through it mm-hmm. healthy a healthy behavior or a healthy tool for the start like when you are at the like, start like uh, sorry uh, because yeah. many people or many elders they also like when you talk about this stuff or you mention this to your parents or to mm-hmm. anyone elder to you mm-hmm. they always say 
just power through it just keep on working mm-hmm. it will you know sh- it will go away eventually mm-hmm. so like just power through it is just a short phase like you know that's like a, a typical response that you get so yeah uh, what's your thought about that okay so if you pile up with work okay fine it's like okay you might be distracting yourself with few work or something but what when you come back home at night and you are about to sleep at that moment you don't have anything to do you have nothing to you know work on focus on it's just you it's just you your ceiling your ac and everybody so at that point all the thoughts are going to come back to you so how till how long are you going to do that it's just as simple as that you know take a jar okay you fill in the sugar packet or, or say a salt packet or anything whatever you want to fill till the water till the end you will keep on filling it okay your mom will say okay thoda tap kar le thoda usko push kar le wo andar jayega and then you can add more you will still do that but still there is something that is remaining it is going to come out it is going to spill okay it's like so, an overfilled bottle yeah it is an overfilled bottle your emotions are see your brain is like a jar okay you kind of put in all your thoughts your emotions and everything so at a point it's going to get overfilled and it's going to create a mess around everything so before that happens go and talk to someone and like you know many people also tend to be so hyperactive with work mm-hmm. that like as you said when you sleep you're alone with your mind so these things start coming back but i have observed that uh, i have seen some people mm-hmm. they work constantly because you know they have this at the back of the mind that you know i have to deal with this when i am empty minded so that's one case there and like you know as i said you know elders tend to give this advice of powering through it mm-hmm. so like what do you think what is like i i find it very funny because you know it just can't happen like power through it is not a wall see for elders it's like kaise bola from the from their childhood till now okay they have if they might be even facing some mental health issues obviously they might be obviously they have also had so many ups and downs even we see our parents you know struggling through so many things but they will never come out and speak about it they also have many things that are bottled up but that things come out in uh, in, in a side of anger or some frustration or they might say something to you with them fatakse but for them it's like from the start even their parents have told them the same thing tum kuch aur mein kuch aur kar lo tumhara dhyan bhatak jayega adjust kar lo compromise kar lo so these are the terms that have always been you know empowered in us ki like adjust kar lo compromise kar lo do something else try to focus your mind try to divert your mind but it will not always help okay and moving on with the q and a now uh, mm-hmm. now we have a 17 year old male mm-hmm. and his question is is anxiety permanent talking about social anxiety in which you become all awkward and self aware and can't speak when in front of people mm-hmm. you aren't fully comfortable with mm-hmm. i've had episodes of depression and they've come and gone mm-hmm. but anxiety settled since i was 13 mm-hmm. and it just won't budge so basically the thing is you know he or he needs to understand that anxiety is not a thing that will you know come and go and whenever you want it's like it's there for with us 
it's anxiety is a very big term okay i would say that nowadays people use anxiety and depression in it's like jaise ki it's not a big deal okay? even if you say that kal raat ko I, i i broke up with my boyfriend or girlfriend and then i was feeling very uh, depressed they would never use the word i was feeling very sad so that's where people need to understand that anxiety and depression are very usable okay we all have some kind of stress we all go through some kind of nervousness we all go through some kind of tensions okay when this tension this stress okay or this nervousness it it increases or it you know it takes a toll on our day to day functioning that's when it leads to anxiety so first he really or needs to understand the definition of anxiety so when he says that anxiety doesn't just you know won't budge so it's like see thoda bahut of nervousness is necessary obviously if tomorrow you're going to go and give your paper okay and uh, if if the night before that if you are not a little bit nervous it's like then you might have a question also ki why am i not feeling nervous why am i not stressed you have that stress you have that any nervousness for some time of period so it is going to there but the thing is you know in this anxiety phase or in this tension phase or in the stress phase i would say the thoughts matter so when you say that your anxiety is not going so it's not that your anxiety is not going it's that your thoughts are the same and they just keep on bugging you so you need to really work on your thoughts like do you think like some kind of outlet for you know as you said the mind is like like your brain is like a bottle and mm-hmm. you can't keep on filling mm-hmm. so do you think like having outlets of expressing yourself mm-hmm. really helps like you know writing is one thing painting is one thing mm-hmm. so like do you think that you know people who go through such issues of overthinking and bottling themselves up mm-hmm. means hyper aware and awkward mm-hmm. do you think they should have some kind of outlet to express themselves like as you said you should you should talk about it but do you think like an outlet also helps like an activity yes um, see even uh, as a therapist whenever we have clients we do give them so- certain kind of homework so that when we are meeting next time okay so they kind of you know get a hang of whatever has happened in the ther- therapy they kind of get a hang of whatever their thoughts are on. so we ask them to maintain a journal we ask them to write their, their thoughts in that then we ask them to question their thoughts so we sometimes we even ask them to you know imagine that your best friend or your family member were in the same situation as you were and what would what would be the best solution you could give to them so we do make them you know do some kind of a role play and we do ask them to indulge with some hobbies that they like we do ask them to you know write their thoughts so it it helps because with writing i have noticed like because even i write regularly mm-hmm. so like i have noticed that you know what you think and what you write about it is very different so like when you think you think in only 100 words mm-hmm. and but when you write about those 100 words it turns out to be 1000 words yes. like because when you're writing you just go in that flow and you write a lot more than you were thinking yes correct and like i for with me what i've observed like what I, if i think about a particular subject mm-hmm. and i write about it I tend to say like I've written more details, <laughs> like what I what I had thought and what I tried. I've written more details about that thought. Yeah, it it happens. See, that is why we ask them to write. And even with the therapy, okay. So when we say that you know you should vent out your emotions, you should go and speak to a therapist, okay. So even over here, when people come, they would first 
just state one single sentence ki i am feeling lonely or i am feeling sad or any other thing and then when we start questioning them they have so much to talk that even an hour mm. is really very less okay and then they also realize ki like oh my god i have bottled up so much of emotions within me so it's really that that you know should work on it Okay, and um, we go to the next question. This is from a twenty-one-year-old female. Her mm-hmm. question is: Is there a way a person can completely overcome their anxiety if they are the ones who are prone mm-hmm. to overstressing and being anxious in gen- general? Mm-hmm. Now, just to mention that she has a psychotic diagnosis, which is anxiety-induced nerve issues. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so as I told earlier, also. a certain amount of anxiety or a certain amount of stress is good for our health but if you are over stressing about something it's going to cause some problems it's going to help uh, cause uh, some kind of self esteem issue or a negative thinking pattern okay so when you do that it's like you can see a similar pattern with yourself is ki you always think negative will going to happen and that that loop will always keep on going on and going on and going on so for her i would say that since you have been diagnosed with with anxiety induced nerve issues i would ask her to go into therapy so that her over stressing issue that is there okay that can be dealt in parts so that her anxiousness that is there can come to a certain a lower level you can see or to a subtle subtle point where she can manage her own thoughts she can you know actually be okay with a bit of stress okay and sorry to uh, make a mistake but it's a psychiatric diagnosis so yeah continuing with the next question this is from a 25 year old female mm-hmm. when it comes to so sorry 25 year old male mm-hmm. when it comes to social situations or being in the spotlight i always have had the issue of having anxiety before and mm-hmm. to the point that i have made myself sick before an event from anxiety causing me to skip it mm-hmm. how do i work on this problem what steps can i take to improve okay See, first of all he needs to understand that social anxiety is very common we all have faced it in some kind of a thing but some people you know have it to such a extent that he also have mentioned it that you know he kind of has skipped many things because of that sickness anxiety problem and stuff so when you are dealing with social anxiety first of all you need to understand that at a certain point you will have to face your anxiety so you just we don't ask you to directly go in and face your fear but we would say that you can take a small small step so when you are trying to perform a presentation say, since he is 25 i'll say that he might be working at some corporate company or any other stuff so he might be want to wants to present some presentation or something so so try to make a presentation present it in in a small group say your friends or say your family members try to take their opinion on how you have presented it try to see how your speeches how your tone is where are you stammering where are you lacking try to understand all those aspects prepare about it well aware and the day the day of your presentation okay try to calm yourself down with some kind of soothing music or a little bit of meditation if that can helps so you know you have to 
ask some people to help you out with social anxiety over here. If you are with your friends or something, ask them to give you suggestions. Ask them to be really very honest with you. If you are not good enough and try to maintain, you know, eye level with the, eye contact, sorry, with your audience. And like, you know, observing the questions that uh, we have got here, like many of them have uh, social anxieties. And as you said now, while you were talking that, you know, preparing yourself in front of a small group, Mm -hmm. like your friends or family. So like, does preparation really play a role when you're going in front of an audience? Because it's like a focus group for your own work. So, do you think that that can be a tool that can help you in any sort of social situation, that practicing it in yes, front of a small group? Obviously, you can. See, there are many times even, like, this is about the work, okay, when I was talking about, you know, performing it in front of your friends or or your family. It's like you are trying to present your work or you're presenting your, uh, your say, work slide or something, okay? But there are people who are scared or who are afraid or to go out and meet new people. They are afraid to make new connections. They get uh, scared when they have to even attend marriage functions. They are scared when they have to meet some of, uh, go on a date or any kind of a situation which involves social setting, okay? So even for that, you can try to prepare yourself beforehand. Okay. Yeah. Or else you can, rather than going, if you are going out for a wedding, okay, rather than going for a wedding which has 1000 guests, try to go for a wedding which has 25 guests. <laughs> I mean, finding a focus group for weddings might be difficult. No, but there are certain friends or something who have a limited guest list. They would be saying that, you know, there are there are destination weddings which have limited guest list or something. Or else you can even, you know, try to see that, you know, you're going out with some support. You're not going oh, out okay. there alone. Okay. Even if you're going for a huge wedding, a big fat Indian wedding as okay. we call. And nowadays, yeah, nowadays every wedding is just for 50 people yeah. because of the corona. Yeah. So if you're if you are scared of attending a large wedding, this is a good time to I never have this issue because I always focus on the buffet. <laughs> like I'm always there. so <laughs> I never, never interact. That also you can do. You can just skip the people and you can just concentrate on the food. But yeah, no, just yeah. joke apart. But yeah, when you are trying to you know overcome your social anxiety, try to do a small bit of things at your home or at your place or with your friends, and then try to go out and do things. And as you mentioned earlier, that you know having like a routine, like a pre-presentation routine, like listening to some 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 form of music mm-hmm. or doing some kind of meditation. Mm-hmm. Like I have a pre like any like before I present anything, I have a routine of listening to uh, like you know there's this lo-fi beats on youtube like study beats work beats Mm -hmm. like i tend to listen to that for half an hour and you know like having like feeling the rhythm and everything before presenting because that calms me down Mm -hmm. so do you think like having such sort of routines may provide you or help you in a better way while doing anything social yes it would See, what happens, you know, when we are, like, when you say about presenting something at office, okay? So, when we go in the office, everybody around you would be like, okay, their presentation work, yeah, how much are you prepared? Even with colleges, okay, we have group presentation, we have, we will be continuously discussing about the project, 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 about how to present, how to speak, how to, and you would be seeing that, you know, you're all other, uh, 
colleagues or your say your classmates or your fellow students they are all perfect they have just practiced perfect but somewhere you are scared somewhere you are lacking something just ask them for some time off go to a secluded place sit down over there listen to your music i like to stay alone so i have a thing that i i have to go and present something so i would be for 5 10 minutes in a place where i would just be with myself and i would be calming myself down doing some deep breaths find the way that will calm yourself down so and then go out and present okay and also i would like to mention over here with for people who have social anxiety it's okay if you stammer in between it's okay if you forget some lines in between it's okay if you mess up with some lines you are human being you are tend to make mistakes so don't punish yourself after the presentation that i did something very bad or i i was i forgot i forgot my lines or i did something wrong it's okay just take it as a experience and for your next presentation try to improve on thank you for listening to part 1 part 2 has also been uploaded so please do check that to get the full length conversation with shipra patrikar as we discuss about mental health in india more